Wonderful. Thank you so much. You can be seated here in the auditorium. And what a joy to be with you there in your home. And real special to be in Phoenix, Arizona this morning. The Imaginations Church in Phoenix and, of course, Melbourne. And uh, we, just, uh, we just love you. And uh, one day soon, this will be something that we will look back on. But we will also know that God put in us a strength and a resilience. And we, we said last week that we cannot allow, at least here where we live, these restrictions to get inside of us. Amen? Just because I put this mask on, uh, that doesn't mean that I am not walking before God with an open face and an open heart. Amen? And just because there's restrictions for safety reasons and we're complying with our government, uh, that does not mean that my heart in any way is restricted or fearful or, or made smaller. No, 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 no. There's t I'm too blessed to be stressed. Come on, somebody. There's a whole lot more going on inside of me than what's going on outside of me. And so, amen. And I just love the fact that we're family. We're family. And it's a privilege to be in your home today. And it's also a privilege to be right here in the living room of this house as well. And this evening, we will be back, and we still have space for you to come out and be a part of the live praise and worship, and also, Pastor Simon is going to be preaching the word tonight. It's going to be really great. Now, I've been talking over these last weeks about the power of open, and I've been talking about an open Bible, and last week, I was sharing about how that we can read our Bible with confidence. It's important that we know that we can open our Bible and read it with confidence. And so I was sharing about the, uh, the New Testament documents. Next Sunday, I'm going to continue talking about, I want to talk about science and scripture. So join us next Sunday. I want you to be able to open your Bible and read it with such confidence. So does science silence scripture? Well, let's have a look. See, next Sunday. But today is Mission Sunday. Come on, can you mumble through your mask? Mission Sunday. Amen. Amen. And Mitch, what a, what a wonderful report. Just to see today the beautiful church building in Indonesia that we were able to build. Didn't it, wasn't it beautiful? And that a, that a couple hundred people will be gathered there in a building that we have been able to provide. What, how amazing. And also to, to see there in Israel... The work of our dental clinic that we partnered with there with those dear, dear Christian people who are reaching the, 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 the poorest people. And they are not only reaching them with humanitarian care, but they are reaching them with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then even in Iraq, where they have lived in devastation for so long, but were able to provide there the center of hope, of care, and, and encouragement to Christian people. So thanks for that, Mitch. And I know that's just a very, very small part of what we are doing globally and what we have done in the last year. And you're not going to want to miss uh, in February when, uh, when we start looking and talking about not February's vision month for us. And so we're going to be talking about what we've done in the world, and then we're going to be talking about some of the real exciting things that we have the opportunity to do in 2021. Are you ready for God's Word? Well, I can't think of a better place to start a missions message than John 3.16. So if you want to open your Bible there or your app, your Bible app, an open Bible is a good thing, or an open Bible app, reach your hand out towards me, please, would you? Thank you in the auditorium and there in your living room or wherever you are. 
and pray for me. Father, thank you for what I just saw on the screen. Thank you that we have been able to reach and help others. And it's such a joy. Thank you for entrusting to us, Lord, this great commission. And I pray today on this Mission Sunday that we would again gather around this great vision of reaching the world for Jesus, this great vision of why the church exists in the earth, this great vision of others, the vision that you came for, and now that you have passed on to us as your church, your bride. And so help me now, I pray, speak these words in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. John 3.16, for God so loved the world the world. The Greek word here is the cosmos. The cosmos. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The world. The Thayer's Greek lexicon defines this Greek word cosmos like this. Cosmos means the circle of the earth, the earth. It also means the inhabitants of the earth. It means men. It means the human family. But it even goes further, according to Thayer's Greek lexicon, it also means the ungodly multitude, the whole mass of men. I would say the whole mess of men. The whole mass of men. Of men alienated from God... And according to Thayer's, therefore, all those who are hostile to the cause of Christ. How many know while we were yet enemies, Christ loved us and pursued us? For God so loved the world, not just the circle of the earth, but all of the inhabitants thereof. We see this in a psalm that David wrote in chapter 24. And verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it, those who dwell therein. The earth and everything in it is his and he loves, he loves the world and those who live there. And then we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing that God has reconciled us, forgiven us, brought us into his family, wiped away the enmity, brought us into wholeness, soundness, has given us forgiveness, eternal life, reconciled, reconciled. Have you ever been in a broken relationship that got reconciled? It's a wonderful thing when that which was lost is now together, when that which was, you know, broken and shattered is now whole again. So now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world. The world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to this mess of men, to this mass of men, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation for the world that he owns and the world that he loves. 
This is not just about my world. It's about the world. And it's about their world. And my ministry called as a Christian, as one who has been reconciled to God. Every person who has been reconciled to God has the ministry of reconciliation to the world. It's not just about me. It's about me. It's about my world and the world I share with 7 billion other people. It's not just about what God has done for me. He's reconciled me. But now it's about what I can do for them. Because I've been reconciled. Therefore now I have the ministry. With the reconciliation comes the ministry of reconciling the world. And I believe our mission is to reach into someone else's world. Like we saw on that screen, reaching there into a village in Indonesia or reaching there into the poor of Israel or reaching there into the burdened Christians of Iraq. I believe our mission is to reach into someone else's world and do everything we can to bring the message of reconciliation and the mercies of Jesus. You know, the mercies of Jesus. I was hungry. I was sick. You know, I was naked. Uh, I was a stranger. The mercies of Jesus. We change someone's world with the message of reconciliation and the mercies of Jesus. And we read in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. In other words, don't hesitate to change someone's world when you have the power to do it. The fact is that the Lord has put resources in my hand and he has put resources in your hand and resources give us the power to do good the power to do good that we are not to withhold the good that we now have the power through resources that God has given us the power to help someone's world get better the message in Proverbs 3.27 says it like this. Never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. My hand. This hand. My hand. My hand is God's hand. That sounds almost blasphemous to say. What an incredible, what a, what, an, what a thought that's so, I can hardly comprehend this thought that this hand is God's hand to someone. Is that a privilege? Is that an honor? Is that a responsibility? That God would put things in my hand that allow my hand to become his hand? to someone else because of what he has put in my hand I have this unprecedented privilege of being his hand to someone else God has given you and God has given me the power to change the world for someone for him or her or them for someone somewhere and we read in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 17, learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend 
the orphan, fight for the rights of widows. And I tell you, this is our mission as totally committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, to bring the message of reconciliation and the mercies of Jesus. Learn, seek, help, defend, fund, fight for. This is what God wants me to do for the orphan and for the oppressed, for the poor and the underprivileged, to make someone's world somewhere better. Because I can. Because I have the resource to do it in my hand. Not the whole world, but someone's world. And then we read in the New Testament, as the Apostle Paul is writing to the Galatians, he says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. At Imaginations Church, we have opportunity. Come on, Phoenix. Come on, Melbourne. Canberra. Come on, Sydney. At Imaginations Church, we have opportunity. And so let's do good to all the people we can. Doing good is what you were made for. Doing good is what you were created to do. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. It is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. Another translation says, we were created for good works. Making someone's world better is a good work. Helping the weak, covering the uncovered is a good work. Six days ago, as a matter of fact, last Monday, I uh, received uh, a, a little letter from Dr. Soth, Dr. Sothine in the hospital that we have been funding and supporting now for almost 10 years there in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And he sent this picture so I don't know if you can see the numbers. One, two, three, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And here's, here's what he wrote to you. He said, Happy New Year. I am writing to give you a small summary of the work at the hospital and of my family. We sincerely thank you, Imaginations Church, for all this work and impact that you are making here you have to see how many times the hospital has changed and how the population, the patients, the staff of the hospital, my family and myself appreciate this work. The Bible says you will be paid a hundredfold now and then in the kingdom of heaven. He said this year, 2020, despite the COVID-19 pandemic, which is ravaging the world, you have sent the funds for the construction of washroom facilities, which now allows the hospital to be very clean and sanitized. Also, the acquisition of the Land Cruiser used as an ambulance, that was from Pastor Don Matheny at Nairobi Lighthouse Church. They purchased for them this year an ambulance. He said, I was with you in February. Doesn't that seem like a long, long time ago? I was with you in February at the missions conference. And remember the prayer that accompanied me. And Pastor Jack and all the church prayed for me. I was so touched. And I see the hand of the Lord every day in my life. Many of the seriously ill patients are healed. 
In October, my wife gave birth to a new baby girl named Carol. <laughs> and the same day, my first daughter finished high school. The five children paid the school fees thanks to your assistance, and you always assist our family. And then, and then he sent this to us. From January 20th until December 30th, our funding took care of 1,119 births, 1,781 ultrasound examinations. You remember the first thing we did was we bought that ultrasound machine. 2,324 x-rays. By the way, he said when we first started with them, there were only three buildings, and now there are seven because of you. We bought that x-ray machine, 2,324. He did 737 operations, 33 of which were hip replacements that he learned how to do right here at Nepean Hospital. Yeah, Dr. Soriel taught him that. 801 children were treated. Last year before last, we built the dental clinic. He said 522 people received dental care. And so I was just looking at that and saw that with the power that was in our hand this last year, we were able to make the world better for 7,284 people in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Now I want to share with you what God says about your world when you focus on helping someone else's world. I want to show you from the passage of Scripture in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 through 25, those two verses, I want to show you what God says happens to your world. Here's what the Scripture says. There are three promises here, and I want to share them with you this morning. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are blessed. What happens to my world? You know, honestly, if I could change the world, man, I, I would change it. But I can't. But I can change my world. And I can change their world, his world, her world. And here's what happens. When I, through generosity, and you, through generosity, reach out into someone else's world to make it better, God says, he promises in the scripture that your world gets bigger and bigger. The world, the world of the, of the generous gets larger and larger. The one who blesses others. So here are three promises. Your world becomes bigger when you make someone else's world better. You don't want to live a small, insignificant, shriveled up life. You don't want to raise your children in that kind of an environment. You want your world to be as big as it could possibly be. You want the legacy of your life 
to be as big as it could possibly be. And the Bible says that the world of the generous just keeps getting bigger and bigger. But the world of the self-centered, the world of the, the fearful, the world of the focused on themselves, that small, scary place, that world just gets smaller and smaller. You enlarge your world when you help someone else's world. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. When you reach beyond your borders to bless someone, God enlarges your borders. We, re we remember the prayer that Jabez prayed that God would bless him indeed. But he, in, in 1 Chronicles 4.10, Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that you would enlarge my influence, that you would enlarge the reach of my family and my life and what my life is all about, that you would make my world bigger. And this is exactly what the Lord does for the generous. Their world just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Their influence just keeps getting greater and greater. Their capacity to bless just keeps getting better and better. I love the scripture in Psalm 119 and verse 32. I will run the course of your commandments for you shall enlarge my heart. How many know when your heart gets bigger, your world gets better? You will enlarge my heart. This is what happens to the world of the generous. Their world gets bigger. Their borders, their territory gets bigger. Their heart, their dwelling, their influence gets bigger and bigger. As you reach out and become the hand of God to others to improve their world, God reaches out to enlarge your world. I want to show you what happens to your world when you make someone else's world better. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is not blessed, abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. The second thing that happens in your world, you establish a precedent of abundant blessing in your own world. The one who blesses others is not blessed. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Don't be afraid of this word. Don't shy away from this word. We're talking about our Father in heaven. These are his words to you and me. These are not words that some televangelist is making up. This is his word, so let's humbly, humble our heart and say, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Because here's the truth. When you sow, you reap more than you sow. You don't even have to be a good person to have that work for you. When you sow, you are going to reap more than you sow. When you sow blessing, when you sow generosity to the poor and the underprivileged, no, no, you reap abundant blessing. Now here's the truth. Just please know this and understand this in your heart and don't resist this and don't reject this. Not only do you reap the blessing that is in giving, you reap the blessing that is from giving. Now there's such a blessing in giving. Oh, to see that building in Indonesia, did that bless you? And the thought that you, your hand was part of that, did that bless you? To hear this report of almost 8,000 people in the Congo where 1,100 women a day are raped, 
where they live with such darkness and corruption, but almost 8,000 people this year, we were able to help their world a little bit. Does that bless you? Of course it blesses you. There's a blessing in giving. But it's a two-fold sword. It's a double-edged sword. Not only is there a blessing in giving, there is a blessing from giving. And in Acts chapter 20 and verse 34, Jesus teaches us about the blessing in giving. He, he teaches us that we should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So family, you, there's blessing in giving. But there is also blessing from giving. And Jesus teaches us this as well. Luke 6, 38. Give... And it will be given back to you, watch, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give into your bosom. There is, a, there is a blessing in giving, and that in itself is enough to give. Just the blessing of being able to be a blessing, that'll do me. But it's not all of it, and I can't help it. I didn't make this up. I didn't make this happen. This has all come out of the very heart of God. Not only is there a blessing to your family, in your giving, there is a blessing to your family from your giving. When you bless someone else's world, you release abundant blessing back into your own world in your giving and from your giving. And look, I understand, you may not give out of abundance. No, no, you may actually be giving out of need. You may even be giving out of lack. Or you may be in such a space and a place right now where you're even giving out of just nothing but faith. Or maybe you're even giving out of serious sacrifice. That may be how you're giving. But the Bible says that when you do give, even out of need or lack or faith or sacrifice, when you do bless others, you will have abundant blessing coming back to you. Mitch mentioned this scripture a while ago here in our in-house service in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 through 10. You must each make up your own mind as to how much you should give. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Amen. Ain't nobody going to tell you how to do it. Amen. You got to make that up. That's, that's, that's you. Come on. Each of you should make up your own mind on how much you should give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure ever. Ever. For God loves the person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, godly people give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will never be forgotten. Verse 10. For God is the one who gives seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will give you many opportunities to do good. And he will produce a great harvest of generosity in you. This is what happens to your world. When your world is focused on her world, or his world, or their world, to bring the message of reconciliation and the mercies of Jesus. When God has put resources
universe is in your hand. And all of a sudden you realize this isn't just for me. This isn't just for my account. This is, this is for me to be obedient to the great, heavenly, wonderful commission of God. This is for me to be a Christian to a world that's unreached. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. So you enlarge your own world, you establish abundance in your world, and then number three, you release God's help into your own life. Let's read it one more time. Well, maybe we'll read it more than one more time. The world of the righteous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Those who help others are helped. We read this beautiful prayer in Psalm chapter 20. It's a prayer, I'm going to read it, but I'm also praying it over you right now. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings. And accept your burnt sacrifices. Now there are times in all of our lives when we all need help. No one is exempt from this. The Lord says he will be our help when we have been help for somebody else. In Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 10, if you, man, that's a whole sermon right there, those two words. If you, in other words, this isn't up to him, this is up to you. Now the things that happen, there's always, we all have freedom. We can if you or if not you. If not, if or if not, that's up to you. But there's consequences if you or if not you. We, we have no freedom of consequences. Consequences are laws. They're, 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 they're intact with before we got here and after we leave. They'll always be in place. But if you, if you decide, if you determine, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then, then your light will dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. In other words, he, she who waters others will be watered themselves. The Lord delights to look after those who look after the weak. The Lord delights to defend those who defend the needy. The Lord delights in caring for those who care for the underprivileged. Jesus said, when we do it to the least of these, we do it to him. So here's the conclusion of my message today. I can't change the world. It's just way too big and I'm way too little. I can't change the world. 
But I can change my world when I change their world. I'm going to ask our team to make their way, please, to the platform and say it again. I can't change. Carol and I can't change the world. But we can change our world when we seek to change their world. The world, I'm reading it my last time, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. God has given you resources. And those resources give you the power to be God's hand for the unreached, for the unloved, and for the untold. And it is in this very heart and in this very attitude of generosity that we've been able to do everything we've done, not only this last year, but in the last decades for people around the world. Because we have a wholesome and a healthy heart and attitude toward resources that God has brought into our life. God has made us rich in every way that we may be generous on every occasion. The purpose of prosperity is to be a blessing to others. It's not to store it up. It's not to accumulate. It's to be a blessing. It's to be a, a beautiful part of fulfilling the Great Commission. Set the generosity of legacy for your children. Let your grandchildren see it. Let them inherit your generous spirit and your generous heart. Let your generation, let your generation become a part of a world that changes other people's world. Amen? Amen. Could we stand together in the auditorium? And I want to pray for us online as well. Carol will come here in just a moment and we'll go back to our online service. But Father, I want to thank you today for Missions Sunday. I want to thank you for Missions Vision. I want to thank you for a church that is so others focused, so outward focused, so generous and so giving. And Lord, I, I don't believe any of us give to get. I don't think that's our motive at all. But Lord, it is amazing what happens to our world and to our life when we give to the poor, when we get this message of reconciliation to the world. You cover us. You protect us. And I'm so grateful for that. Now may your blessing rest on each one. And Father, as we make our way either to the website or however we have been able to find a way to do our missions giving this year. May we do it now for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.